0: An 18-year-old version is able to score the chance to lose it with a gore he met online. Bringing his two friends along, he embarks on a trip across the country to lose his virginity with hijinks ensuing along the way. Hello, everyone. I'm Caleb J.
1: I'm Connor Gary.
0: Welcome to a new episode of Film Get Ga- Beyond the Bad.
1: <laughs> do, you, do you want me to keep that, or do you want to try it again?
0: Yeah, but fuck it. Let's keep it. Let's keep
1: it. Okay. Fine.
0: All right so in case anyone's wondering, I'm back before I can tell you what we're talking about today. Um, if you haven't listened to filmgasm I am back. I, uh, Connor mentioned it last week, was battling uh, COVID last week. It, it got me, it hit me. I uh, felt like a really bad cold, luckily I'm vaccinated, everything. So, you know, took about five days of uh, isolation, got better, and I'm, I'm here, ready to go, feeling rejuvenated, minus lingering cough, whatever. Um, with that, thank you. By the way, for you know, you and Colton holding it down
1: last week. Of course, Master of the Universe. Yeah, you missed a doozy. That was quite a, quite a film. Which, but you I know, yeah, I you still watched it. Watched it. <laughs> I know. I mean, look, I, was, I, I you loved it. I couldn't believe that.
0: I did. I had a lot of fun. It's it's really stupid and going not the plot I would have picked, but I had a good time. <laughs> it you know all it took is one you know inappropriate onset acting actor now as we now learned um to make me like the film because he did commit and i'll give him credit
1: <laughs> yeah he was he was good but maybe took the role of you know an evil bastard a little too real and just kept rolling with that for the rest of his career
0: never never left skeletor um but for today <laughs> We Will be talking about a personal favorite and one I found out that you luckily like, so this should be fun. Uh, the late 2000s teen sex comedy Sex Drive, um, a film which, if you look at that box office, it did not do hot, and uh, critics were pretty mixed on it. They didn't really hate on it, they didn't love it. It's in kind of one of those down the middle type things, the average reviews. Um, yet, like I said, I've enjoyed it quite a bit, since I first started. it's actually a personal favorite comedy of mine. I know you said you, you know, recently. Watch it, you watch it for the first time for this, and I actually had a good time. Um, before I go into a question, which I think it's I think you don't like these questions. It's two questions today. I gotta make up for missing last week. Um, I'll share it over to you for the, the those good old on tomato scores.
1: Yeah, this is the uh the base of how we pick these films. We I mean, not we might not, you know, necessarily agree with these scores, but you know, we gotta pick movies somehow. Uh, Sex Drive has a 45% Rotten Tomatoes critic score, 58 audience score So like Caleb said, pretty down the middle Uh, Critics consensus reads Sex Drive has some hilarious moments And is well made for a raunchy teen film But will appeal to few beyond that demographic Is that really a a bad thing? I mean, these movies have a certain audience And if people outside that audience don't like it Does that make it a bad movie? know just means it's not your thing it's like it's like me
0: saying like it's just hating on romantic dramas because they're not my thing but like oh well so they're all bad it's like no i just i don't like them i'm not seeking them out but people do people do like them there is an audience for them nothing wrong with
1: that If feel like the notebook great not something i'm fucking going to watch again (laughs) yeah i think people forget that that not every movie has to be universally loved by everybody everything has an audience everything has a demographic and outside that demographic yeah probably not going to be you know grandma probably is not going to enjoy sex drive that's just you know yeah, that, that I mean, doesn't you, make the film a, a failure i don't think
0: no and you i mean before, before we recorded you know i showed you the huge fucking movie order that just came in the mail for me because i took advantage of all those holiday sales you saw it. Those are movies that appeal to me. They're they're a demographic that I fall into. I want to see. It. I get why
1: people are like, I'm not going to watch that. You know, like I get it, but it appeals to me. Yeah, and that's something that we just somewhere along the line, I think we got a little too inclusive when it came to, when it comes to how we talk about movies. And I think Sex Drive is a good a uh, good example of that.
0: Yes, and this is a good way, good little segue into my question of. My first one I want to ask, um, and that's uh, what are your, uh, you know, so like I mentioned, this is a teen sex comedy, right? A subgenre that's been kind of, you know, thriving in comedy. Um, I've always thought that outside of horror, comedy actually has the most um, playfulness with subgenres and what they want to do with it. They tend to really try to pull in other genres into it. And one obviously ongoing popular one for people being the, the teen sex comedy. You know, it just seems to... Appeal to people. Um, so, with that, what are your thoughts on like this subgenre of comedy on teen sex
1: comedies? Uh, I think, on the whole, these are pretty funny. Um, as a you know, as a young man, this was one of you know before I knew like how to find porn. This was pretty much like you know how do I watch how do I find boobs? I watch a teen sex comedy. And I know I'm not alone in that. So, but overall, you know what I've seen lately you know over the years pretty funny stuff like i'm a big fan of the american pie franchise which is pretty much like kind of the uh kind of like the pinnacle of this friend of this kind of subgenre. everything after i feel like is trying to be american pie and some get there but nothing quite you know gets there uh mm. but they've got their you know they've got their people they always try to go over the top They and i i like over the top comedy uh And yeah, there's always some What I like about these especially, there's always A very good message In these, it's never just, you know, mindless Bullshit, it's always like Bullshit with a point that ends up Being like, you know, oh You know, trust your friends, or It's okay to be a virgin, or Don't, don't drive Across five states To meet a lady You've never talked to She's probably gonna rob you Yeah Uh, it's just I, I like the messages these these movies bring, and you know they're fucking funny yeah. and they're rewatchable and that's that's what a movie should be is rewatchable.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm with you. I so I know you've talked about it before. You're not big into those coming coming of age dramas when it comes to like high school kid coming of age dramas, right? It's and true. I, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, and I know this is not me coming at you anyway, because I'm kind of with you. Like it's I can't really watch a lot of them, and uh, it's not that like I don't. I'm not trying to, like, demean these stories and really, like, take away from it. But for me, high school, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was just four years of my life that came came in. Light. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, I get the ideal. I know, obviously, that feeling when you're getting ready to graduate and get into the, act, the thing known as life for real is obviously a big thing we can all relate to. Um, but for me, what I like about, like, the teen sex comedy stuff and things like this movie or Superbad, you know, to name of a a more popular one for being honest since more people that was a huge success people know that one um you know the stuff that john hughes did back in the 80s with breakfast club um, like I said american pie what i like about a lot of these movies is that they are delivering the a lot of the same messaging of a teenage coming of age trauma and taking those scenes you can relate to and putting them that ideal of like you know life's about to hit us friendships about to change all that stuff you can we can all relate to but wrapping it in very over-the-top comedy. And that's what I like about this genre. like I'm getting the laughs. I'm having my just funny moments. And you know, when people sit and go like, oh, they're just raunchy and all it is about sex. I'm like, yeah, we were all fucking horn dogs in in high school and college. Like, even if you try to be that guy, I was like, I wasn't, you thought about a lot. Like, you know, and like even some stuff, like I know some people would point out like some stuff in super bad has an aged role. You know, right? Because they can't say certain things now. And I get it, but aside from that, the theme of like wanting to lose your virginity and not being that guy and stuff. That I remember going through that in high school. I think most guys go with that in high school. I can't speak on behalf of women, but a lot of guys go with that in high school. So it's like, yeah, even though they are making it as, as over top, as raunchy as they can, showing us lots of boobs, there's still a, a sense of like realism with that, what you go through with your hormones and stuff in high school. And like you said, still wrapping all that, though, within a message of like, hey, you know, just stay true to yourself. He said, don't trust people online in this movie's case. You know what I mean? Like they still find a way to put in a good message there and impart you with something beyond just, hey, here's another dick joke. Here's some old boobs.
1: Well, I find these movies to be more relatable than the coming of age dramas, because I knew a lot of people who talked like this, who were just trying to get laid, who were just idiots. I've never I didn't meet anybody who was like, this is the defining time of my life and things are going to change. I've never met that person, but I knew tons of fucking morons who threw gay slurs around and just wanted to fuck. (laughs) So like this makes more sense to me than a movie like The Fault in Our Stars or one of those movies. I just I don't take all that very seriously. I just I teenagers aren't that interesting. Sorry, folks. I've never enjoyed coming of age dramas because it's always the same fucking movie. And at least with these, you know what you're getting into. You know it's going to be stupid. You, you know you're probably going to laugh. But, like, you know, the message still comes through just in a much more palatable way.
0: Yeah, and for me, because of it, these films are more nostalgic. They make me feel more sense of nostalgia and do actually make me go to, back to thinking about my own time in high school. More than, like, a straight-up, like, coming-of-age trauma does. Like, these women go, like, oh, yeah, I remember that when I was in high school. Yep, I remember that. And how, you know, it's like, it's, it makes me much more nostalgic. And yet what's fine is like you said, like that it gets attacked by critics. like, Oh, it's just being great. It's like, I connect to a time in my life and I get more starts watching these and your serious coming of age, fucking drama. Well, like you said, it's just, this is a defined moment of my life. It's like, no, I didn't even think that when I was in high school, I was just like, I got you ready for college life is coming up. Oh God.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Uh, And you know Regrettably because of you know the way Society changes You know adapts we're getting less and less Of these in this way Because of how you know It's I I get why people Are upset with movies like this because They do just throw around some Some heinous shit that was considered just like Mild comedy in the 2000s Uh, But you know that's That is how a lot of teenagers Talked in 2008 and you know, I don't really know what to what else I, to say I, about yeah. that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what I like to tell people is like, look, I get it, and I understand if you get offended, they throw away, you know, a lot of stuff. I'm actually going to mention some of this in my awards. I will, so it will be brought up then. But like, at you know, again, all film, every film that comes out is always going to be in a way a reflection of its time. Eventually, there's going to be films that are very there's already films that are a reflection of COVID for Christ's sakes with fucking like you know host right. Um, Same thing with this It's a reflection of times I'm not saying they, I'm not finding that I'm not using an excuse to defend And say it was alright But yeah. they were allowed to say these things And people laughed Like And you know Things they say I've heard Like you said I've heard teenagers say yeah. In high school These very fucking slurs now
1: I'm gonna take it even further uh, Go back to 1942 There's a film called Holiday Inn That came out Starring Bing Crosby And I think either Fred Astaire or Danny Kaye, it's not important. That film has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes and has a very long, very uncomfortable blackface scene where Bing and the lead lady throw on blackface and sing a song called, I think it was Mammy on president's day. So things have gotten better, but why is that film a hundred percent? And sex drive is considered, you know, too raunchy and not, you know, like we got to forget that one, but we keep holiday in. Like it just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah, it's
1: it's interesting that we get.
0: I think it's interesting that we get selective, right? It's like we live in or <laughs> now, it's here. Like you go all in or not. I've noticed for a lot of stuff, but then also when we get to the film, and it's well, that's okay, but not that, right? You know what I mean? Like, and you're seeing it a lot of times with uh, actors or directors or celebrities in general that are getting like. They're for heinous crimes, and then being like, "Well, they can come back and have a second chance. It's fine." I'm like, "No, yeah. they they got charged for rape, I don't want to see them on fucking camera." I'm like, no, 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 um, right? Like, or okay, thinking that on that line, right? People again, you know, are mad about you know, <laughs> point out the various um, slurs and homophobic things said in this film. They're used as jokes, right? They call this movie out, but Roman Polanski, who we all know, definitely raped a child. It's still getting Oscar nominations. It's still making movies. fled the goddamn country. Like, anyone who's like, well, he might be in, he fled the country. That's yeah,
1: not what it is to there's no innocent there. He was convicted. He fessed up to it. He served time. The judge wanted to give him more time. He fled the country to avoid that. Like I read his autobiography. I know it went down.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and again, I'm not trying to say like one's well, rape, wait, rapes first. It's first. Um, <laughs> but like, if you're going to go after, you know, a movie for being saying things you don't agree with. And I get it. You get offended. Don't watch the movie. Um, Right. Yeah, you have every right to be offended. You have that right. You, I'm not saying you don't. But don't sit there and say like, "Well, I don't want this because of things I say in this movie." But I'm going to support a director that raped. That doesn't really line up for me all that much.
1: You know what I mean? It is kind of a either go all in or shut the fuck up kind of situation. I guess. Yes. <laughs> we we had a, we had a little talk uh, off recording, and I was able to switch some stuff around so it didn't sound so ha- so fucking heinous yeah but then you brought it back you brought it back i brought the statement back but it i didn't bring back the whole thing inside joking code, you had to be there
0: i was joking let's not get you know let's go on to the second question um so if anyone knows the history of comedy um usually we get like a a, a gang of some kind a group of comedians breakout we get just a run of great stuff and then it kind of dies down and then we wait for the next group to break out still waiting by the way for the next group of people um but around this time around this early to early to late 2000s time <clears throat> we were blessed as you know with people like the Will Ferrell troop of comedians doing a bunch of stuff for things like man and um Step Brothers and whatnot right we were also being blessed with Appetite and his company doing stuff with Seth Rogen Paul Rudd, right? They were just, we just had a slew of what's considered now very classic comedies. And those were big hits, right? Like those were huge hits. You know, they had people that, you know, comedians we recognize that we want to see more of, right? So they became big hits. But what I didn't notice, and especially now that we're kind of actually doing some comedies on our shows, <laughs> um, especially in these early 2000 ones, it seems like if it wasn't any of those guys that were for sure box office moneymakers, comedy had a really hard time being successful at the box office, a real hard time with critics, and that's what I think happened here. So my question is, do you think because of these titans I were kind of out at the time and were consistent, did you think do you think any film that they weren't in like any comedy that didn't involve these kind of named comedians stood a chance at all at the box office or were they all just doomed to be like
1: sex drive? I think that everything in Hollywood comes in waves. And if you're not part of the wave, you're going to be overlooked and comedy in the 2000s was very much, you know, Will Ferrell, Apatow, like these guys controlled the direction comedy films were going in Their Their films were the hits and there was a lot that slipped through the cracks. I think a lot of it's being, you know, rediscovered and reevaluated, which is nice. But at the time, I mean, you know, it's like a it's like an animated, you know, independent animated film going up against a Disney movie. Like. Sure, some people might see it, but it's not going to make any kind of money compared to the big one. And that's just the way it works in Hollywood. That's always how it's been. And you don't really know what's going to be on top until something hits. And I think for this, I think it was the 40-year-old virgin. That was like the big movie that surprised everybody. And from there, just kind of like, you know, Apatow was able to do pretty much anything
0: yeah i'm not saying because of that we got actually all the comedians i just named i mean we got apps out of it we got steve carell became a huge fucking name i at that point you know seth rogan's in that movie paul Rudd. like a lot of those guys became mainstays of yeah. comedy that you know are still i mean to this day they're still guaranteed box office successes. people will still go see other shit yeah um so i just i kind of noticed that and i was thought like you know now we talk about a lot obviously now the big ones like you know any original film that isn't attached to a franchise but i was just thinking that's where i came up with this question was like you know i'm kind of with you like i think unfortunately none of these films if they didn't have these guys in it they didn't stand a chance i think mean, it's just like with original film now and small independent films coming out now it's just they didn't stand a chance like yeah people were, like myself probably would have seen me like oh this is really fine but it didn't have that guarantee that people expect with Seth Rogen, with Will uh, Ferrell
1: or, you know, any of those guys. Well, one of my favorite things about the way film is now, you know, streaming and all that is that a lot of these films are getting a second wind that I don't think anybody ever expected, which is really cool. You know, people will find them on, you know, HBO or Netflix or prime or whatever, and they'll watch this movie and think, oh, that was really good. And then more people will see it. And, you know, you see an article about like, you know, so-and-so wins, you know, Top streaming movie on Netflix after being buried for 20 years. So I, I like that that's happening now. A lot of films are getting reevaluated because the reach is so much bigger than it's ever been.
0: Yeah. It, and yeah, I'm seeing that. Especially, yeah. I'm seeing that obviously with genre big time, whether it be horror or comedy, um, things like this movie, Euro trip Road Trip, you know, I see talks about a lot more. People being like, oh, those are actually really fun. I'm like, yeah, they were. You know, Scotty doesn't know. Scott, that that fucking was hilarious. <laughs> Go, Matt Damon. Um, but it's it is good that you know it does suck that time they they didn't. I mean, no, I'm not taking anything away from the people I named because they gave they were they were legitimately funny. They gave us a lot of great comedies um, out of it. Um, but it is nice to see these guys that had a little bit of a smaller audience, probably say, more of a cultish following. They're getting kind of a second win. People being like, oh, these were actually really. Good, and I have noticed that, like the you know, kind of go back to the first question, the teen sex subgenre. Like I said, it's probably one of the most enduring subgenres of comedy. Like it never really, it seems to just always find steam and movies get rediscovered in that particular subgenre and find new life because I think it's just a
1: it's just a very relatable subgenre, so it's easy for people to get into. Yeah, teenagers are always gonna want to fuck, and they're always gonna be just ridiculous idiots. So. You know, every generation of teenagers are going to find these movies and see something in it.
0: Yeah. Um, with that, i will go ahead and move on to uh, Development Hill, which in this case, there's no hell attached. This was actually pretty um, much filmed smoothly. Just no, no issues. Um, what was interesting is how this movie started. It's based off a novel. <laughs> and if you're thinking, oh, this must be a raunchy ass. No not a raunchy novel it's a ya novel how did that happen
1: yeah it's a tame novel wow can't imagine pitching that shit like hey this young adult novel i want to turn this into a raunchy r-rated comedy sure why not early 2000s people took risks then mcu
0: wasn't dominating um but uh, this actually started producer Bob Levy um, and again, his search to get the YA novel adapted. He really liked the novels. Like, hey, I want to make a movie out of this. Um, he ended up getting uh, both Sean Anders and John Morris on board. Who um, do have a fun cameo, for those who are wondering. Um, they're the ones that pop out of the stall in the bathroom for the glorious
1: sequence. That's them. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's wonderful. <laughs> What their characters
0: said in that, in those stalls. <laughs> I'll let you draw the conclusion when there's a glory hole in there. Um, but uh, a- Anders would uh Anders would be the one to direct. Sean Anders directed this, and he also worked on script, and then Morris helped with scripting as well. But he only, he produced, so they both wrote it. Anders would then go on to direct, and Morris stayed on as producer. Um. They both enjoyed the book, and they actually came up with the idea to make it the film adaptation for more adult and raunchy. How they convinced anyone, I don't know. <laughs> but they were like, hey, let's make it more adult, more raunchy, but keep the core idea of the story intact. So the core theme of the story of going on this road trip of a guy trying to lose his opportunity, that part they kept intact from the novel. Like Keep that, just make it more for adults.
1: Sounds like this is barely an adaptation of this novel <laughs> like basically like let's take the road trip and change everything else <laughs> which is fine yeah i mean it worked
0: out i won't it worked out for us i'm not gonna say it worked out on their because i've seen the box office um but it worked it worked out in my opinion um and believe it or not uh their inspiration on why they wanted to do this was actually uh would be the work of uh, John Hughes. Uh, for those who live under, for you film fans that live under a rock, this is a guy that has given us stuff like Pretty in Pink, The Breakfast Club, like he was it when it came to 80s teen comedies.
1: <laughs> I can see that. I can see like kind of a a raunchier John Hughes vibe in this movie. Definitely like compared, like a movie like 16 Candles definitely influences. I can see that. Yeah it's Pretty
0: cool, so I definitely watching it and then seeing them, like, okay, I I can see that 100%. Um, so and from there, uh, casting was pretty easy. And from there, I actually wouldn't mind talking about the casting mix, I actually really like a lot of the actors in this movie. Um, but you know, from there, they got the likes of Josh Zuckerman, uh, Clark Duke, and Amanda Crew, who played our three main leads. Uh, they pulled in James Marsden, who uh, we'll get more into him now. He was actually a a particularly good find for them at the time in his career. Um, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, Seth Green, obviously a huge win at that time. You know, the guy is a comedy legend. So that's that. That was a win. Uh, Katrina Bowden in, like, one of her first major role. those you have seen Tucker and I versus Eva I thought, wow, that blonde chick's super hot and really funny. Well, watch Sex Drive. You get more of her. <laughs> um. David Ketchner again our comedy le- legends on so our fucking win there and then <laughs> for you walking dead fans or those like me that are holding on to the bitter end Michael Cudlitz
1: Abraham himself pre walking dead <laughs> Yeah, the cast is pretty good um i liked pretty much everybody with a couple exceptions which obviously we'll talk about later but uh seeing cyclops go ape shit like this was was interesting <laughs> <laughs> he he
0: commits so hard in this movie and i i and his character and i'll get into it and how they utilize it and has not aged particularly well but goddamn if he doesn't like go full throttle with the role
1: I, I disagree i think his character has aged exceptionally well because every over the top asshole jock who's actually a closeted gay man acts exactly like this
0: this is true i read a fun little fact that uh the 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 costume he's wearing like his out main outfit he just brought that like he came to set like he got so into like getting into the character and reading script he's like he had like a vision of how the guy would look in his head so like the hair and everything he did himself because he's like this is who this guy is and like came in with the outfit and they came on the apparently customers like hey uh james like you know that's cool we brought that but you need to see we need you to just see the costumes like nah this is it it's like this is the costume (laughs) and it works out because yeah he he looks
1: like a fucking douchebag he looks like who he is yeah i'm glad he was you know he had great insight into the character apparently it's, it's funny that he would follow three x-men movies and superman returns with with this
0: <laughs> i know look i low-key actually really think he's one of the most underrated actors working in hollywood i usually really like him and what i see i just i don't think he's ever gotten his due
1: he's been getting some uh i can't speak for current season so i don't know if he's if he's made it but uh west world was a big boost for him
0: uh oh yeah he's in that i heard he's really good in that i liked him in the sonic movies that's right yeah he's killing it in the sonic movies yeah he he, he was cracking me up in the second one with how much he wanted to hang out with sonic he was so clearly <laughs> mad about being separated from him
1: i love that he was just like he had no choice but to fuck up that wedding Where he's just like i don't want to do this but i need that ring <laughs> they're just like no go sit down he's like i can't i need that <laughs>
0: he just
1: he just punches me. He's like, I'm really sorry about this he just punches him <laughs> yeah I think he's I think he's better utilized in comedies I think it's a similar thing that like Chris Hemsworth went through where it was just like leading man syndrome and like he was good but his you could tell that he wasn't being fully utilized and then we saw him in comedy and we're like oh that's why
0: yeah oh yeah that's yeah Marston to me this movie and song it proves like the guy has a really good comedic like bone, like good comedic timing. Like, yeah, I excel in comedy. I'm like, just keep playing him in comedy because he is good. Um, I know a lot of people like him in um was it enchanted? That's it. Yeah, because making the sequel. I know a lot of people like him in that, and yeah. you know, that's where he's being over the top in comedic again. So it sounds like he just needs to keep doing comedies. That seems to be his his niche.
1: Yeah, he's good. I think he's gonna be in the, the disenchanted, probably. I think everyone's coming
0: yeah, back. Yes, so disenchanted. I'm sure he's gonna be in Sonic Three, because that's been confirmed. So I'm sure he'll be in that. Nice. Um, and actually, <coughs> I think it hit mine in time. Um, that does bring me to like kind of like him and how this was actually a decent win at the time. Um, because like we said at the time, you know he had he been mainly known for romantic comedy lead roles. Like that was kind of like what he was doing. So this character at the time he did again we've seen him kind of do other stuff since, but when he did this was a little bit off character and like i mentioned when he got so into it he apparently had a blast like and the crew loved him they he was just having the, a grand time playing this just over the top you know horrendous character cuz he he never got to play that before
1: yeah those are usually the best roles for some actors who finally get to let loose and just you know experiment and be crazy and you know they're they end up being the most memorable roles of their careers i i love when that happens
0: yeah i would say recently very recently we saw that with Jensen Ackles and the boys and getting to play soldier boy you know you you could tell he was having a time of his life just playing this just heinous character after 15 seasons of supernatural
1: for sure yeah and that was a nice you know change of pace um yeah i i I think chris hemsworth probably the best example of this just personally you know the transition from like Thor the Dark World to Thor Ragnarok and just seeing this completely new fresh take on the character and just watching him have so much fun getting to be like the craziest version of Thor he could be Yeah,
0: especially if you take into account that he openly talked about almost leaving the role because he was so burnt out after the first two films of being having to be so serious not really connecting to the character and then you know R.T.D. convinced him and and Marvel finally was like you know what play it the way you want and now he loves it now he's like I'll Keep playing it as long as i can is
1: that great i love that. that's great
0: yeah it's it's awesome um for okay so i know we've talked about it briefly when we're coming up with titles for this episode but for the uh the rum springer <laughs> scene <laughs> you may have noticed this being 2008 a certain popular i'm gonna say pop punk I really don't give a shit what the actual label you call this band, but you may have noticed Fallout Boy is in this scene. You're wondering how the hell. First, off, in a very obviously inauthentic take on the Amish community. Um, they get Fallout Boy to do this movie. Apparently, Seth Green's friends with the band. That makes sense considering he, the post credit scene. He was in one of their music videos, made friends, and asked them to be in the movie.
1: That's that's awesome. I was uh, I saw Fall Out Boy uh, last year in concert. Uh, I didn't want to, but they were part of the group I wanted to see. It was uh, I drove to Houston, I believe, to see uh, Green Day, Weezer, and Fall Out Boy do a show. And uh, I wa- I was there for Green Day and Weezer. Fall Out Boy was in the middle, regrettably, so I had to watch the whole set. I'm not a fan of Fall Out Boy, <laughs> but. I saw the songs
0: concert. I know. I'll say there's songs I know because they're like, you know, it ain't a scene. It's a goddamn. Oh, like, I know that one. Yeah. Obviously, the like, you know, we're going down, down, you know. Yeah. Because those were huge hits. They played every fucking where you went. Yeah. But no, I've never been a Fallout Boy fan. If I'm being honest, I know this is probably gonna be controversial for some. I'm not the huge hugest into Reezer either. I like like Beverly Hills. And say it ain't so, but i have i never been that big. Re- I do like Green Day though. I do defend the Green
1: Day. <laughs> well, my cousin's a huge Weezer fan, and I was really I was taking him, but I I do like Weezer, a lot. I think they're I like I like a lot of their music. I think they're cool. So
0: that's
1: that's always an interesting,
0: couple of years of music we had that pop punk era of like Simple Plan, Fall Out Boy, Blink One
1: Eighty Two was fucking huge. God. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny the phases we go through as a society, isn't it? You know, sometimes it's raunchy comedy. Sometimes it's pop punk. Sometimes it's, you know, like fucking, uh, what are they called? Bell bottoms. Like, it's, oh, it's weird yeah. what defines certain decades. I always yes. wonder what's going to define the 2020s beyond, you know, just COVID. COVID. I, hope so. I hope something else happens that's a little more positive than just COVID and abortion rights going out the window.
0: Hopefully, we'll see. Uh, so far, it's pretty terrible. Two years, yeah. um, twenty twenty is not off to a good start. um Hopefully, we can get some something on the back end or in the middle, please. It, it is interesting. was was friends that, like, watch, especially because you know, obviously, they always talk about you get older, things become more nostalgic. And when I watch movies like this, and they start playing like a Fall Out Boy song or like you know, fucking, you know, Blink or anything I'm like, oh goddamn, I'm getting nostalgic. I can remember these songs being everywhere in every just, like, fun-filled comedy or family film that
1: came out. I love that this movie chose ACDC's B-side track, Let's Get It Up, as the Cars theme song. Every time that fucking car showed up, the guitar for Let's Get It Up, like, came into view. And that, for those who don't know, that song is about just getting a boner. So Yeah, I so. mean...
0: If you don't know anything about ACDC, their songs are about two things and two things only partying and sex.
1: Yep. Getting laid and getting paid. That's all they sing about. <laughs>
0: all I was thinking about partying, sex. There you go. And you know what? I ain't knock next. They have been able to last a hell of a long time successfully, not once dipping in that success. Nope. So the, the formula
1: works, but I do love like I, I've never heard that song in a movie before. So I was like, ah, kick ass.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dude, I do think it's funny if you actually pay attention. A lot of the music they pick is all, all about sex. A lot a lot of it's like, well, this is the movie you're watching, so
1: we're just gonna pick songs that talk about sex. You ever heard uh Go Down by ACDC? No, it's a late 70s track off their album, Let There Be Rock. The entire song is about Bon Scott getting a blowjob. Jesus Christ. It's an it's an awesome track, but it's also just hilarious. I remember.
0: I, I gotta go on this this nice little tangent I now. I remember when my my dumb my dumb brain started picking up on things sexually, and uh, listening to "Lick It Up," a kiss, and going, "Oh shit!" and going, "Like, oh my god, wow!" This whole song is about fucking eating pussy.
1: That is what it's about. A few years ago, I saw Kiss in concert on their like eighth farewell tour, and um. I was sitting, again, I took my cousin Ryan, who's like my concert buddy, and uh, I was sitting next to this 12 or 13-year-old girl who was super timid, very shy, didn't say much, and then Kiss came on, (laughs) and they started singing Lick It Up, and this little girl went (laughs) apeshit. She started, she was screaming, Lick It Up! I was laughing my ass off. (laughs) I was like, this kid's going to grow up to be an awesome person. But it's so just,
0: exciting, yeah,
1: she was. I don't think she would, you know, at that age, you're not thinking about that, you don't know what that is, you just know I like this song. But it's catchy, it's a, yeah, it's a catchy, it's one of my favorite, it might be my favorite kiss songs, a badass song. <laughs> but get yeah, up, I just get love up. that
0: <laughs> That one. And I remember when I had to, uh, all I remember listening to Cherry Pie by Warren all my life going, oh, I like the song, it's catchy. And when you know, after I had the version of Beats talk. I knew about sex, and I was you know, a teenager. I'm listening to the song. I'm like, God, it's a good song. I'm gonna add to My dad looks at me goes, you know what it's about, right? I'm like, yeah, cherry pie. He's like, he's snickered. He's like, ever heard the term pop in your cherry? And I went, yeah, why? <laughs> and then he just looks at me, and I go, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I love that you thought it was about a, like, a cherry pie.
0: I thought he really liked Cherry Pie for the longest time. Then I went, oh no, 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 no. Oh
1: my God.
0: He does like Cherry Pie, but not the one
1: I'm thinking of. Who doesn't? That's funny. I love it because that song is not exactly subtle either. So you really had to just not know what that meant. (laughs) The music video is not subtle either.
0: Not at all. Oh my God. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank I you for that. long, yeah. <laughs> and my dad had a good laugh that day. I was like, I really thought for the longest time he was singing about. <laughs> 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 oh, good stuff. Very good stuff. <sighs> On that note, now that I'm sure I'll get flamed relentlessly. Uh, <laughs> so, as you can tell, right? This kind of went swimmingly. Like there was no issues with production. It seemed like everyone was kind of having a good time, but unfortunately, the infectious um, attitude did not translate to uh, box office or critical reception. Um, it it was a flop. Like I, it was literally I think it was one million over or under its budget. It flopped.
1: Um, one million under. under.
0: Yeah. Under. So it didn't do too hot. Critics gave it mixed reviews. Um, There was praise directed towards um, the performances of Clock Duke, James Morrison, and Seth Green in particular, which I agree with. They are, to me personally, the three funniest people in the whole movie.
1: Yeah, I agree. Seth Green is a passive-aggressive Amish guy. Was perfect (laughs) casting. I mean, (laughs) he's just, he's hilarious.
0: (laughs) I like when um Josh Zuckerman, like, Ian, goes into there and sees the car ripped apart. And he's all like, he's going to sh- fuck me in the ass. We're rural quarters. And he's like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to do what? Wait, oh, what?
1: I just love how he was so like, you know, oh, like we're, like when they when you fix it, he's like, what do I owe you? Seth Green's like, oh, no, we're cool. <laughs> but, you know, if you feel like reciprocating, there's a lot that could be done around here. He's like, yeah, we're in a bit of a hurry. Like, oh, okay. I get it. I mean, we did all this for you. <laughs> for free <laughs> i like when
0: they're like getting ready to fix these like oh you know you guys just hang around you know when it's rumspringa you know enjoy the party while you know we slave away for hours at your car fixing it for almost nothing and i love how he just looks and i'm like uh are you cool yeah we're cool enjoy yourselves
1: i liked in the uh when <laughs> <laughs> Seth green like came upon Clark Duke in the car and he's like, you need any help? And Clark Duke's like, well, yeah, but what would you know about this? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's just your, like, he's like explaining like, I wouldn't know anything about your 69 GTO. Good luck, English. And then drives off.
0: <laughs> I love when he's like, the internet. Yeah, it's like this thing that connects everyone on computers computer <laughs> he's like yeah it's like this but i'm just i'm just fucking mad i know what all that is <laughs> i like i like when he's talking about the things he missed and he just goes and butt fucking <laughs> and they have You're like, talking about chicks right yeah you're talking about chicks right yeah
1: of course <laughs> but you really missed that butt fucking <laughs> it's important to note that we we did watch the uh the unrated uh, director's cut of this, which is a lot crazier and just like maybe the, the the weirdest director's cut I've ever seen.
0: There's a beautiful moment when they have like Seth Green clock dig on the buggy and they're just doing their riffing on stuff. And it's like the cool thing. I actually liked it. I wish they do it more often, at least for comedies. They kept some of the outtakes in the movie on their unrated cut and it has a moment where like they start to laugh and you can see them breaking character because this is getting so ridiculous and clock <laughs> dude's like oh, all right and tries to leave and he just grabs him starts whispering in his ear
1: <laughs> this is gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought that was a neat touch i've never seen that in a movie before and i i, I want to see that more just leaving an outtake in the movie and like, you just don't know when it's going to happen, when people are going to break. When <laughs> It's all—it's almost like watching a live play. It's fucking weird.
0: Yeah, it was great. Or like how they did the random scene when the garage door came up and they inserted the shot of like, and the sound effects of him sucking his dick. But then they cut back to the actual, well, he wasn't.
1: Yeah, that was odd. That was clearly, you know, Rex projecting. <laughs> but yeah,
0: cool. Yeah, it was, it was it, an
1: interesting director's cut.
0: Yeah, I, I I will say I, I advise you to do it like how they actually recommend. If you're watching this for the first time, watch the actual cut first, watch the actual film first, and if you like it enough, watch the director's cut. That's how I did it. I know not how you did it, but luckily you were all in on it still, so it worked out.
1: Yeah. Well, I was, you know, I'd never seen the film before, and this is beyond the bad, so I was going with low expectations, and I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to watch five hours of whatever this is. <laughs> So yeah, I would now, but at the time, not a chance.
0: Yeah. I must say I just seen that the actual first because you know it was on HBO. That's how I even saw his first was like it was on HBO one day. And um, so that's how I watched it. I was like, Oh, hey, unrated cut. I haven't seen that one yet. And I like it. And yeah, I do, yeah. Oh, there was another one they kept, another outtake they kept where uh it's with David Ketchner and he's like riffing, and you see Amanda Crew have a moment where she just like bursts out laughing and has to look away. And they finally get back to the scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, those were those were great. There was one where like Clark Duke, I think it was when um when Mary bailed them out and they come out. He he comes out and he's like, Mary! And he says <laughs> his voice goes high and they all just break.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. I love it because I like, and you know, it's funny when people are always like, and it's funny, you know, people who, uh, and this is not me trying to like, you know, be like, oh, the normies, you don't like film like we do. You I know, mean, people are like, man, how do you think, how can they stay so serious and get through? I'm like, no, you're seeing the take they finally were able to stay serious on. I'm like, usually, especially with comedies, when these guys, especially when you got the ones I mentioned, right, these titans like Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, like, real four guys who'd be, who be, got famous for particular, in particular, familiar to riff so well um just watch the outtakes it's literally like 10 15 20 some all more minutes of them riffing people laughing their ass off because they can't stop and then finally picking one that works and you know was a full complete take
1: (laughs) yeah it's a hassle sometimes i mean they got to do shit ton of takes because some of this stuff is once you start giggling you can't just stop giggling it's not possible so yeah once you start laughing the the day is fucked pretty much (laughs)
0: Yeah. And especially like I so mean, you get I mean, in this case, we have people like David Ketchner and Seth Green, yeah, like these these are people that have proven themselves in the genre, and they're very I mean, Jesus Christ, Seth Green is still doing fucking Robot Chicken for Christ's sakes, <laughs> like, so yeah, um, you know, with all that said though, um, as you can probably tell, I I'm going to speak on, on I think behalf of both of us say that I think we both consider this one the better teen sex comedies. And um, I know I definitely will always have fun time with this. It sounds like you will as well. So regardless of the outcome, you know, the reception it got at the time, I am glad to see it kind of getting some second win, people coming back to it, because I do really think it's a, a very fun movie, very funny movie. Um, and I will always have a fun time with it. Um, again, I understand 100% if certain things said by a certain character offend you and you just not your cup of tea. I get that. Don't watch it. That's all I got. It's just, don't watch it. Just move on.
1: Yeah, I second that. You know, if you if you are easily offended, maybe just stay in your little comfort zone where things can't hurt you.
0: Yeah, don't. Which really just don't do comedy because some it's, it's of the funnier comedies that I laugh at do tend to be offensive. Just saying, yeah. I'm very much in that South Park pran of like uh, Trey Stone, Matt Parker like brand of like it's all funny or nothing's funny I'm, I'm very much on board with that statement
1: personally yeah i agree i think it's trey parker and matt stone Other did, than I, that,
0: did i fuck their names up
1: yeah you flipped them <laughs> it's, it's not my night
0: look apparently you know what long-term covid i can't say the title of my own episode i can't
1: yeah just chalk it up to covid yeah whatever it's fine you know, it kind of works out because we watched the unrated cut. So really, this is our unrated cut of this episode. That's right. I'm not, I'm not, apart from some dead air due to some internet outages, I'm not taking anything else out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this, you know what? Is, okay. yeah. We're doing it in spirit of the, the unrated cut of this film.
1: Behind um, the scenes. Only you... thing,
0: <laughs> is, the only thing we're not doing is getting naked because uh, I'm not comfortable with that. I mean, it's audio. How would they know? I don't like how quick you were on that answer. <laughs> now I'm wondering how many times you've uh, not worn pants when we're recording. At least six.
1: Out of like over 200, 300 episodes per show, like, you know, of all the shows, that's a pretty good batting average, frankly. Have you really had episodes where you don't wear pants? You're like, I'm just not doing it today. Of course not. I always wear pants. Jesus Christ. I do worry about you guys, though, sometimes. I always <laughs> wonder, like, is today the day? <laughs> Who's freeballing it today? It's a question I have to ask myself every time I record. <laughs> what to tell Josh to do when he comes back? If anybody has not worn pants, I, I, I'd put the money on him. I don't know why. I, just, I feel like he, he would do that to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you got upset earlier at a text exchange we were discussing – but yet you assume he's someone not to wear pants on this show.
1: I just feel like, you know, he's, he's older than us. He's, he, he, I feel like he has less shame. He just,
0: Oh, he does have less shame in certain ways. (laughs) I would know I live with the man. (laughs) Yeah,
1: That's funny. Unfortunately, next time we're recording, when um when Josh and I finally get to record when he gets back, I want you to t- you're gonna be there. So I want you to text me if he's wearing pants.
0: You just at some point like because you know you can kind of see if he angles it right you can see my bedroom door. You just in the background you can't break that. You just see me opening my door because you no know, usually when he grows I will like try to stay in my room to be quiet. You just see me opening the door like
1: you you open out. the door. And you give me either a thumbs up or a thumbs down, and then you just close the door. (laughs) I'll know. He won't. (laughs) Oh, we love you,
0: Josh. Oh, I can't. I can't wait for a text on his next port visit about the fact that he heard this episode. He's like, "What the fuck, guys?" (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Ah, all right. Well. Now that we've roughed enough on Josh, apparently, um, I think it's time to move on to awards, unless you have more you'd like to add to this film. No, nope, I'm good. All right. So another week of hard-to-pick awards, if you ask me, um, starting with our first one. Um, at least another week for me, because I missed uh, I missed last week. So <laughs> um, so with that, uh, the Zack Snyder, we're I
1: had to reach, because... I don't really think there's a worse scene in this movie. I think it's all pretty, pretty decent. Um, I just went with personal, uh, personal preference. Uh, When they're in that girl that Clark Duke picks up at the gas station, they go to her parents' trailer. Uh, We get quite a zoomed in look at the, uh, the dad's ball sack for quite a long time. It lingers for a few minutes.
0: Fun fact, one that was unique to the unrated cut, the lingering. See when I was like, wow, they are not moving away. I had a feeling you can't zoom in on
1: balls that long in an R-rated movie.
0: No, and two, those were his actual balls. That's why oh. there was that outtake in the in the credits when they're like, oh shit, the fake ones are on the table, and they grab the fake ones off the table to get out of the shot. <laughs> Cause they were like,
1: fuck it, which Jesus' real balls. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's wonderful! Oh man, <laughs> oh, it's even more fucked up. Those were real bull. Um, So I just didn't—I didn't like watching. I didn't like looking at a ball sack for that long. It was gross. I do love that they follow They asked them like, "Help yourself to a can of purple." <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> like
0: actually, when he
1: pulls the soda, oh, it's really called purple. <laughs>
0: No. Oh. um for mine i'm actually roughly in this not that particular moment but it's the same scene um you picked and it's how the fact that it's just something sexually speaking i never want to experience or see in my life Oh and that yeah. is when she gets when she turns around and is getting ready to shit on lance i'm not to quote dan cummins because i know we both listen to time so like for the most part, I do not kink shame. You like what you like. There's, I do it, though, within reason, and I'm sorry, but piss and shit goes to the toilet or the great outdoors, only I don't want it on my fucking body.
1: I will 100% kink shame people who are into that. That's fucked up. You should get some help.
0: It, Yeah, <laughs> and that's the sole reason I put it on. I was like, no, 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 I I will say the punchline, the outcome was hilarious when <laughs> he just burst through the door, still handcuffed to the fucking headboard.
1: I did love just how dedicated he was getting out of there. I was worried that because it was the unrated cut, I was like, oh god, what are we gonna see? <laughs> Thankfully, she didn't make it that far.
0: More fun facts of the scene, by the way. Uh, one that was the director's sister, which he said that was incredibly hard to film it being his sister. <laughs> Why would you cast your si- Why would you give her that part? Jesus, man. <laughs> next, next part that would make you laugh really good. At first, Clark Duke was going to have a nude body double, but they got someone whose ass looks noticeably older than Clark Duke's ass. So, Clock Duke said, I'll just fucking do it and get naked.
1: <laughs> they couldn't find another guy?
0: <laughs> like, you're telling me there wasn't someone roughly around his age?
1: I love that. Here's your nude body double, body double. It's like an 80 year old man. They're like, no one's going to buy that.
0: <laughs> I love how at first he's like, I, I don't want to do it. Can we get it? They're like, yeah, sure. And they're watching, like, is it me? Does that ass look too old for a person that's supposed to be this age? And they're like, shit. And Clark, went, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. I didn't want to. I'll do it. I'll put my ass out there.
1: Put my ass on the line for you people. That's, that's a great Jesus. What a wild bit of movie.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I did. I did laugh when Michael colors got fucking ran over by the GTO <laughs>
1: I love that he just... I love when he fucking shows up at the end. <laughs> he's like, I found, I found your, like, Google Maps, asshole. <laughs> I love when, like, he's in the donut suit. Everyone just... Stop! Alright,
0: you. You can punch Lance once for what he did. Lance is like, what the fuck? And he's like, you did try to fuck his score. I love also, like, and he came all this way. And he came all this way. And you can even Lance was like, Okay. <laughs>
1: Then they become like then they become buddies. Yeah, I, like, I was like, man, what a punch! Ah, <laughs> oh, that was funny.
0: <laughs> I love when that guy's like, I don't think you're going to be serious. Or like uh, Rex gets ready to come. He's like, you knock that shit out, and then Marco's. No, you should listen to the guy at the donut suit.
1: He looks like he means it. I love when he shoots the guy in the leg, and he's like, anyone can shoot someone in the leg. <laughs> he's hyperventilating, and he's still trying to macho. Shit!
0: <laughs> oh, good stuff I think I Even Rex is like, holy shit, Ian <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah
0: Oh, God oh, And all the shit that happens to a stepmom Oh,
1: my God At the beginning when he makes her cry Because he won't get out of bed So applaud the marriage <laughs> They're all giving him shit and she slips on his
0: semen-filled underwear.
1: <laughs> Dude, when she walks in on him like humping the the uh, punching bag, <laughs> and she tries to discreetly leave. <laughs> God.
0: Like when he's playing with the condom and she walks in and flies and it hits her in the head. And that, so about when she did that little like... <sighs> And tried to blow it off and just flopped up and back down. I died. I don't know why. It's just that little touch
1: was so funny. My favorite bit of that scene when she was when she was like, take care of yourself, and I'm sorry I didn't knock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I like how
0: she's, like, the only parent, only one in the that household that's actually, like, trying to be, that's actually nice to Ian, but all this shit happens to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Funny show oh all right sorry i had to talk about some of these scenes because this movie is fucking funny if you ask me (laughs) oh all right next one the Edward worst line What what do you got
1: that we can say yeah i could have gone into you know uh james Marsden's whole speech about how intrigued he is by cock but um i decided to go a different direction I went with something that just I thought was annoying. Something that if anybody I ever heard anybody say this, I feel like I'd punch them on principle. And it's uh, when Ian finds out that Miss Tasty wants to bang him, she, he says to himself, "Holy buckets! She wants me to give her the D." I'm like, "Fuck you, man!"
0: Yeah, it's such an innocent way of saying, it. I'm "Like, dude, gee whiz,
1: I'm gonna make whoopee later." Like Jesus Christ,
0: man! <laughs> one of the few things I can't, yeah, I remember when I was like, oh, okay, especially in just a marked, Mark finger, like, all right, but I guess I, I get it in the sense of who his character is, but it's just like, god damn it, dude! Um, the one of the few things I can repeat that James Mars Frost says that makes me that made me die was when he finds him in in uh, Tennessee, <laughs> he to get him to finally leave him alone. He's like, you know, Rex, I've been having these. Urges, feelings as he's caressing the firefighter cardboard cutout. Frank <laughs> <breaks laughs> this. "Oh no, you're going out there and fuck a lady like the good Lord intended." And as someone who was raised in a very Catholic household, so I, to give you an idea of like the show I was raised with that I do not agree with, I died laughing at that park since so that's not something out of out of line that you'll hear in fucking Texas. Um. But it was just so funny. Like Rex's reaction during that part is
1: just gold. I love what later when uh, when Ian's making out with Felicia and Rex just walks past him and he's like, thank God.
0: That quick yeah. I love um, how everyone deep down knew how they felt about each other. And as soon as he's like, thank God.
1: <laughs> oh boy! Um,
0: uh, it was yeah. funny that scene when he when he says uh, "flip the tank." That was something new to the unrated cut because he says something way different. And I even I you can, you can kind of tell it does not match up with his lips, but it's still kind of funny. One more thing, Ian. Make sure you fill the tank. You've driven a long way here. <laughs> I love that. It's like fill it up.
1: Thanks. <laughs> 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 ah. I love earlier when he's like, you know, trying to borrow the car for a little brother. All you got to do is ask, he's like, can I borrow the car? He's like, fuck no. I wouldn't let you drive the judge if it was parked on my schnutz. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: I die. James, when he, uh, went to, he had the feeling, right, that the car was, gone. <laughs> he's opening the garage door. He's, I want to open it and it's going to be right there because that little Fucking idiot. Brought it back. Didn't drive it. It's fine. Lifts it, and he just immediately pulls it back down. Okay, we're going to try to skin. And yeah, the way he just unloads on that thing, what killed me. The great, that just, I died. I die laughing. It's when the guy's walking past and goes, "Jeez, dude, calm down. And he just fucking
1: runs. What is he? I think he says, like, hey, Knievel, how about you get your bike out of the streets?" <laughs> he,
0: just- <laughs> he just fucking runs out. <laughs> just chases his ass down. But that part was great when he gets off the bike and you just hit it fly down the street. <laughs> <laughs> I look, James Marsden, oh god, he commits. He he fucking commits. So say what you are about things around his mouth. He is so fucking funny. Um.
1: Do you have any more lines? Sorry, if I get into mine. I just had that one. I Since it's worst line, I just kind of picked one because there's really not, like, anything I don't like in this movie. So, uh, okay. yeah.
0: Fair enough. I had two, again, nitpicky ones. One is actually one I can get away with saying from Rex. And when they're in the car, he's taking Ian to work. And uh, he does the whole, like, you're 18 and haven't had a uh, girlfriend. It's how guys go gay. Only because that's a hell of a stereotype and trope to pull on that. Guys go gay because they can't get laid.
1: Yeah. That never made any sense. Like if they were gay. They just fuck a dude. Then they'd be laid. Yeah. Then they'd be laid. Like it doesn't.
0: I was like, no, that just means eventually they're going to pay for it. Probably once their pride breaks down enough, like
1: <laughs> <laughs> anything. It, Yeah. If anything, I would say those guys are probably like the least likely to be gay because they're. If anything, like they're committed. (laughs) Yeah, that they're like, nope, I want a female. (laughs) That's just Uh, that whole thing of like, you know, if you're not constantly banging chicks, you're probably gay. Like, I'm, I'm glad we're we finally kind of like erased that from culture for the most part.
0: Yeah, I'm say interested, in kind of, and something that so kind of exists by a lot of people, like you know, you know, I've, I've even now, you know, I, uh, I, I uh, when I was visiting my family back in October, um, my aunt told me about one of her kids, my cousin, who he hasn't really been in a committed relationship for a long time. He's not in a committed relationship. He's not gay or anything. He's just not in a committed relationship. And apparently, uh, his dad, uh, not my uncle, because I actually, you know, my aunt are divorced, um, but thought for a second oh maybe my son's gay because you know he isn't dating it's like no he just isn't dating like doesn't fucking mean shit um i'm sure people thought about that for me when i was like before i got into my role the phase i'm in now that i know i've talked about quite a bit with you you, you know what i'm talking about but before that i'm sure people were like is he gay he's like no i'm just not dating like why do we live in a in society that as a guy you have to to be straight you have to be to be blunt you have to be slaying puss all the time just to be blunt right to yeah. sound like all the people that have this thought but even if like
1: if they are gay then oh and I mean, who cares yeah it's like okay and yeah it's like that's gonna bring shame on the family or something it's like that's the that's the vibe it you know it's, it's been for most of you know just like most of mankind's history until like the past 20 years which is
0: fucking crazy yeah it's just an insane thing it's a it's a weird standard and it goes into that double standard right that we have that like we heavily endorse guys being sluts, but a woman sleeps around and oh god you know yeah it's not her exploring her sexuality or just being a woman it's
1: she's a slut how dare she you know what i mean i think Um, we, we need to start you know going we need to go into more just like who gives a fuck what society thinks? Live your life your way, you know, gay, straight, transgender, whatever you are, do it you, you, know, do you the best way you can and fuck what anyone else thinks. Like I
0: say, live the life that makes you happy. At yeah. the end of the day, we have one life on this earth. Eventually we die. What happens after that? We don't truly know. So live it live it in a way that makes you happy. That's all I got. Um what's so your other yes so my other one is and i put it because it's only like real funny line dialogue this the only line dialogue this character gets and then they quickly forget him and it's when uh lance's dad when they're at the the shot the the mall goes up to his own son and goes always wear a rubber i mean christ (laughs) 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 like it's funny (laughs) i did laugh but i it's just a nitpick of like me going like, you know, you had that funny line. Like, I kind of wanted more of this dad because of it. I'm like, that was really funny. Give me more. So it was more of like, this is the only line I get.
1: I nearly went with, um, there was a line when he's in the donut costume at the beginning and someone slaps a giant dildo on it. And he's walking towards the, the dad and the little girl. And he goes, I got something tasty for your little girl. And the dad punches him down the fucking escalator. I almost had that, but I was like, that's that's too much. Yeah, I did have to
0: laugh when he somebody's like, Is there a dick on me again? I'm like, how many times has this happened?
1: I love when, when Clark Duke takes the dildo and like just tosses it into somebody's shopping bag as they're walking past. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh god.
0: You know what's funny? I forgot to mention this. Uh they he was not the first choice for the row. They were going to try to go for a traditionally like handsome guy for the ladies' man. But then when they met with Clark Duke, he had some YouTube thing he was doing with now another famous comedian, Michael Sarah, And they, they discovered him on that, like the kind of like energy he brought to that. And so like, how about we go against type and have it be like, yeah, he's still the lazy man, but he looks like like this. He does not look like your traditional lazy man. And I think it works in the film's favor. He's
1: hilarious. I love it. He's just got this. He exudes confidence. And yeah, like, like, that's what it is. It's like, it doesn't matter what he looks like. As long as he believes he's a coxman, he is.
0: Yeah. Like, uh what is it? I love the scene at the party when Ian goes to the room with that chick that Lance tries to sum up with and he just fucking fumbles and leaves, but comes back and she is clearly, you hear it all off screen, but there's obviously a dude inside her with a, a vibrator going as well. And you hear, Oh, Hey, Ian, you want to, you want to get it on this? I can move. He's like, no, no, it's okay. And he leaves. And you see Lance come out, open the door. Oh, hey. And all he hears, oh, hey, move over, man. And he shuts the door.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, he was great. I love the, uh, I think, honestly, without Clark Duke, I think this movie loses points. I thought he was just a great pick. Because I love the whole idea of a, like a goofy looking dude who just exudes sexual charisma for no apparent reason.
0: Yeah. Like, like, like look, I, I disagree with the critical take on this film, but I do agree with the the three sounds, to me being Green, Duke, and Morrison. I think all three of them really... Like, the movie's funny even without them, but they really add some of the best laughs in the movie. Yeah, I concur. Yeah, like so you have someone like... I mean, seth Green playing the most in type with his Amish um, smart-ass stick. But then you have, like, you know, James Morrison, who, like we said, was known for leading roles in romantic comedy, so he's usually the people you, the guy you lust after in the movie for the, you know, the teenage female audience. And now he's playing this complete just deep (coughs) (laughs) D-bag that it's just a terrible human being and having the time of his life. And then you got, like, Clock Duke who's this goofy-looking dude, but a complete ladies' man so it it works and then and yeah like i said with my line it's really not like a bad line like i said it's a funny line his dad says and you do get that other payoff when he's at the party and he sees his dad and his dad just says hi to him (laughs) 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 oh your mom complains about me behind my back right no almost
1: like never (laughs) i liked when um, at the party when uh Felicia's about to tell Ian that she has a crush on on Clark Duke but he takes it the wrong way and tries to kiss her and she backs away and it's like ah it's a super awkward moment and then she walks away and there's (laughs) that one guy who's just like scorched
0: (laughs) I I forgot about that whole subplot I remember thinking like oh no don't fall from you want you want Ian because like look I'll say like when I first saw this movie I was seeing, I had a huge crush on Felicia, like my god. Like, and again, if you like you say, if you know me, it, it makes sense why I would like crush hard on this particular character. So i I envisioned myself as Ian, like, no, no, Far from me, damn it. Like, <laughs> don't fall for Lance. But I do like again, I like how they handle that later on in, the, in this movie where Lance is like, you know he you find out like Lance knew the whole time, but he's just like, nah, because you're you're into her dude so no and i'm like that that's a bro that's a friend
1: yeah i the dude's sex radar is like finally tuned it really is amazing
0: yeah i do speak on the motel scene with him and the the amish lady mary <laughs> playing cards clearly boarded and let's just have sex oh thank god i'm <laughs> <laughs> springer uh, <laughs> all right, this one, this next one was the toughest. And mine, I know for mine's a nitpick. And I changed it, but even then, I'm like, I don't. But still, we'll get to it. So now for the Steven Seagal, the, the worst performance. So who did who did he put in
1: this movie? I did originally have James Marsden because I thought, is it too much? Is it too much? And I, had, I, had, I had I had I
0: had ran him down originally too. He was the my original pick because I thought. I thought what he says, this is not age
1: 12. Yeah. It's as plain like, as it is. He's such an asshole. It's like unbelievable at times. But I decided, no, for this kind of movie, it's... Yeah, he's he's fine. So I went with Josh Zuckerman as Ian. Because, frankly, he's kind of an insufferable little bitch. And I think he could have... There were so many moments where he could have just taken care of this. And he didn't take it. And I'm just... No. Like the way he talks to people, the way he's like, eh, he's this mousy little. Like, how does he have any friends? Like, I don't see, I don't see it from Felicia's point of view. I'm like, what does she get out of this? I she probably got
0: like turned on in that one scene when he finally takes control, which was fucking great. Yeah. Like, oh, you want me to turn around? You want me to flip a bitch right now? And I love a fucking clock, Duke.
1: Yes, I want you to flip a bitch right now. Do it. Well, I also thought like the scene where he's you know about to leave and she's trying to stop him and he's just like you know i can't be the guy who you complain to about your boyfriends anymore like it's not it's not enough so i'm gonna go do it unless you've got something better to say to me like that was not a healthy way to to handle that i was like you just that, that it, it felt like he just fucked the friendship right there and i was like that's that's dark What's man that,
0: uh, in, in most in real life that would have fucked sense. like okay so then now you clearly love. do you want to be more and if you, if I don't take that next step, you don't want to be
1: friends with me, type of deal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, it's like it's I'm that. just hanging around you so I can hope one day to fuck you. It's like that's not friendship. Yeah. That's not
0: even you know into it really like how that came across.
1: Yeah.
0: So I just so, I didn't like him.
1: I didn't like him. I thought he was annoying. I thought he was insufferable. And I just I was like, I was hoping he did eventually. You know, at the end, grow a pair, but it took too long.
0: Yeah. No. I. I okay that's fair i do think my favorite scene with them is uh, after he does the race and he runs over the possum and he has to keep trying to kill it because felicia's like oh god it's not dead
1: i love that the guy the, the dudes in the sports car were those fucking dopes from the party i was not expecting yeah. that what's up what's up
0: you see where i got that from now when i was always like what's his family what's up what's up it's from that movie it's from
1: this movie i love that one kid is just like yeah <laughs> after everything the other guy says like that's all hey, he fucking said yeah
0: <laughs> i i love when um they find they meet miss tasty and she is like straight up like yeah let's go party without some clothes and they're just like wait you want to party with us yeah of course for both of you and he just rolls the
1: fucking window up
0: <laughs> it got too
1: real they don't they're scared
0: <laughs> i like when lance is describing them and ian's like but they never get the gore he's like no he's like their closing
1: game sucks but they're opening legendary and you gotta commend them for that <laughs> i love later when they're at the party they're hitting on that one jig and they're like, you want a party? She's like, I'm at a party.
0: I like you, want my, you want my, can I get your number? Do you have a cell phone? Oh, you don't have a cell phone?
1: I love those kids. One of them was a, uh, was a killer on Dexter. And I was like, I know that kid. And it's cool to see him be a dope.
0: They so played really good dopes. They were funny. Can I ask you guys a question? You already asked us a question. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Good stuff. All right. Uh, for mine, and again, it's another nitpick. I don't feel so, super strong about. I put Katrina Bowden, um, just because she she just really there would be the, like this. The you, you know you get the big twist that she's actually bad. So and. Um, things, but then you see like her dope boyfriend, you're like, How did they get involved? Because he seems like a fucking dope. And uh, I don't know, it just was like, I've seen her do better. I've seen Tucker and Dell, I've seen her like really excel in comedy. I know a lot of people love her in um, uh, 30 Rock, I believe was the show with Tina Fey that she was in. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of people love her from there, but I don't know, I I guess really probably would better have had more of her, saw her more, as opposed to just relegating it to the end.
1: Yeah, I think we all knew that this uh, the goal of this of this road trip was not going to happen. Uh, uh, you know, it clearly is not going to be some chick who's like, yeah, I'll fuck you. something's going to happen. I expected it to be like, you know, some some giant dude he had to fight or something. But the idea that it was like she's just trapping people across the country. Yeah, was interesting. So I thought she was interesting. But yeah, I think they could have gone could have gone further with it or she could have, you know. Could 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 have been better,
0: yeah. It, I only like said it's a nip She is fine. Like I definitely watched this go. I see why she's had the career she's had now. Um But yeah, I did laugh when Ian's like, "Can you just get to Rex in the Colorado River? Can you just get from back?" I'm talking to someone. He's like, "Oh shit, who is it?" And he's like, "It's a Gore online," and he just fucking slams on the brakes.
1: <laughs> Don't you watch Dateline? <laughs> Probably a dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. When he comes out to the car in his damn donut costume and he manages, oh what the fuck.
1: <laughs> oh, uh,
0: yeah. That was- I, 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 <laughs> I love
1: when he when he shows up to the car in the donut and Rex is just like, fuck off donut. <laughs> <laughs> donut. <laughs> Rex, it's me.
0: <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I I look. I actually would love to see James Martin. I'm glad to see him doing like a comedy with Sonic. I would love to see him doing R-rated comedy again. Yeah, just let loose again. Yeah, because <laughs> so he, he clearly yeah. was having like so much fun. He was. You could tell he's having fun. Um, with that, um, leads us to our next one. Uh, the Michael Bay worst filmmaking decision. So, what do you what you come
1: up with? This was really tough, and uh, I went. I ended up getting a little meadow with it, because uh, I don't really have any beef with the movie. Uh, really it was just like, and it actually, your question kind of went into this was, uh, this kind of comedy is starting to to die off, and I want more like this. I want more James Marsden as a crazy asshole. Like I want, I want a, basically I want a sequel. <laughs> I want more of this. I like these characters. <laughs> I
0: I I would love to see James Marsden come back now at his age to see how, especially with how this
1: character is, to see how he would be. Yeah, like I think you know, a re- I I know this wasn't a, a success and so this would never happen, but I would love to to see like where are they now? Kind of a movie because I really like these characters and I like this movie, so that's really my my nitpick is I want more.
0: Yeah, and that's and that to me and this isn't and this. Is where I do feel like comedy is dying because of the insistence on PC. And I hate hearing the term like woke and SJW, I hate hearing because I feel like those are just getting thrown around like willy nilly nowadays. Yeah, oh, per, you know, oh shucks, willy nilly. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, I do think that to an extent, us trying and South Park actually kind of touched on it essentially with PC principles um but us our need to be so pc and not offend anyone i do think is hindering comedies a lot um i don't i just don't find them as funny anymore um i know a lot of people liked it but uh what was it book smart essentially the more pc female version of super bad personally i didn't find it funny and like you think of me what you will with that said i i know who i am as a character you know me well enough and i'm you know i don't i'm not a big in any way but i prefer super bad i i prefer the more i prefer yes the more offensive irreverent take on it because it it could be just you know the time that i went to school when that stuff was said a lot more rampantly. so i'm mm. fortunately i just kind of know how it was um or the fact that it just it makes me laugh more i, I don't know it's just, i just pref- i prefer that as opposed to trying to not try offend so hard recently with like you know book smart
1: Well, I think you can also just tell when comedy comes from a place of love and when it comes from a place of hate and people focus too much on the content as opposed to the source. And that's a big difference for me. Like, that's why I can laugh at some crazy, dark shit, because I know the person telling the joke is not an asshole. Like, that's a big part of it. And we got to refocus on that more. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. That's why I say, like... Trying to watch how I say, I know we, luckily, we don't have a fan base that would destroy us, but now, if anything, the crazier we
1: say, maybe somebody will spotlight and be, Can you believe what these people said about this? Right? I mean, look, apparently, people are
0: mad at Thor Love and Thunder because they didn't get a fucking warning that cancer is part of the storyline. I don't know if you heard about that. How is that a like it's in the comic? Apparently, a small minority group of fans are getting online. And saying there needs to be a warning set up because of the whole chemotherapy scenes. It hits too hard at home for people that are going through that right now and blah, blah, blah. And we should have been warned that cancer is a major part of the storyline. I'm like, are we really at a point where you guys are like saying we need a, a, a fucking trigger warning for cancer? I was like, did no one watch The Fallen Out Stars? Because I'm pretty sure that was a huge hit that you fuckers loved. And I think she dies at the end of the movie from cancer.
1: From fucking I just. Cancer. I mean, the last thing I want to do is shit on cancer patients. But y'all are making it hard not to. Is, I, It's a movie. Jane Foster's not real. So Natalie Portman's fine. <laughs> I mean, that's all I got to say. Fine.
0: She apparently hasn't been in Star Wars films, you know, according to Rattini. I heard about that. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I do. I do love how he even he was like I don't know he kind of fest was like I don't know why I forgot like he's like I had a moment. Oh my god, I love I love what her response was. Um, apparently it was a uh, I've I've done Star Wars, <laughs> Taika. Ouch. That's that's, uh, that's wonderful. <laughs>
1: well.
0: Well, um, on that note of like kind of like the PC and stuff, like, so I did reach for Brian. Now, look, again, mine's also a nitpick, a reach. So I actually do think it's, it turns out really funny. But you could argue that yes, the decision to have Rex coming out as gay for being the entire punchline to why he's such a homophobic asshole may not age well for some people. Again, I personally laugh at it, but that was mine where it's like, Something that I can definitely see not, I could see not aging role for, you know, some, because then it kind of ties to that idea of like all angry, you know, extremely homophobic people are really just secretly
1: wanting cock. You know what I mean? I think there's some truth to that though. I think that there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah. The louder you scream about how much you hate gay people, the more I think you are so gay and afraid of it. And yeah, I honestly, like when when he started shouting, you know, homos, homophobic sh- shit. I was like, he's going to be gay at the end of this movie. Like, I, I called that shit. I was wow. like, There's, he's absolutely going to be gay. But, I, did, um, I mean, look, I
0: yeah. laughed at that dinner table scene when he's like crying. He's like, guys, I'm gay. I'm like, oh my God. When dad punches the
1: fucking turkey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he has, wow. for him, he's the type of dad that he has a gay son. A virgin son, and then his fourteen-year-old son knocked up his fucking fling. So in his mind, not winning.
1: No, but I just, yeah, I think that. in the more we we often see, you know, fucking ministers, you know, preaching anti-gay shit, who are then caught like blowing a dude in a rest stop bathroom. So like that happens so much that it's just I I correlate that I correlate angry right. homophobia with being so deep in the closet you're having adventures in narnia so it's just that's that's what it's not it's not my fault it's not your fault it's not the movie's fault it's really just culture's fault
0: (laughs) yeah even then there's also that societal part of just like guys in general just being so stupid about homosexuality um for example we uh, one day got work we're talking about like so one thing this guy was telling us that they played on the show was this guy would do this thing where you go and tell you, he'd be like, Hey, tell me your top five crushes, right? You're like your celebrity crushes. One has to be a dude. <laughs> so essentially tell me your fucking man crush. I'm comfortable enough as a straight right dude to be like, yeah, I have man crushes. I can admit when a man's fucking attractive. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to fuck the guy. I'm not attracted to him sexually, but I can admit it. Jesus. Um, but sure enough, we're talking about, and you know, sure enough, some of the guys are like, oh, man! don't say man crush. That's that's gay. No, no, no. I'm like, we're not saying like, dude, like calm down. If
1: you know me at all, it's Javier Bardem. But yeah, it's weird how that's. I said Jensen Ackles. That's what I want with. I get that. It was
0: fresh, dude. The the beard. I I wish I could look like that, man.
1: If I'm not feeling like a tall drink of Spanish coffee, it's Henry Cavill. (laughs)
0: That's a good one. That's a good one.
1: Yeah, there's nothing It doesn't make you gay to say another man's attractive. What makes you gay is being gay. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Like I don't know why this is such an issue. Maybe it's because I was raised, you know, away from all that shit. Like, you know, my family was just, you know, live love and you know, live and love. That's it. There's no there's no hate in my heart for anybody but really just assholes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like it's okay. It's okay to be like, yeah, that's a that's a handsome man. Yeah, they won the genetic gene pool. pool. It's okay to admit that.
1: Yeah. Weird. Some people, I can't imagine going through life just with that as a priority. Like, you must live a sad fucking life.
0: Yeah. Well, we had a, eventually we had a revert to some of the guys, but okay, who's your favorite fucking actor in Hollywood. And then they were like, oh, you know, Denzel Washington. then, you know, they started saying names. I'm like, it's like, God damn. Well, calm down
1: yeah
0: yeah like i said my i like I said I, I was i was reaching on that like i said i did laugh but playing essentially playing devil's advocate i can see for some period that probably doesn't age well um since those playing stereotypes that we just talked about that have, unfortunately even in 2022 still persists in america because ex-president definitely made some divide happen in this country um With that, let's go to what I think was, I would say still hard for us, but in a good way because this film to me had a lot of silver linings and that is silver linings. The silver lining.
1: So for you, I will say, yeah, go on. This was just uh, this was easy. Really, I put the whole, I could put the whole movie like this was a a win. I like when we get a a decent flick here, but I I wanted to narrow it down and just say the entire Amish sequence. (laughs) That was brilliant. We'd never, like, there's so few Amish moments in pop culture. You never see anything about the Amish. So to take it to this level was just
0: hilarious. I love how you wrote that. We don't get that many Amish scenes, but we got like the most definitely non realistic Amish scene in film history.
1: Well, I love there was one moment where somebody yelled at, I think they yelled at Seth Green, like, witness sucked. Like, like that's gonna hurt their feelings. <laughs> Witness the only welcome. movie like ever, the only like big movie ever made about the Amish.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. I just I I laugh I laugh so hard that chick that's just gonna be in rumspringer <laughs> and passing out. It in is revealed she had one beer.
1: I love even the next morning, she's still on it.
0: <laughs> rumspringer <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was great. I just thought uh, that whole that whole bit was great. How yeah, they're like, you know, party like we're gonna party with the Amish. What's that gonna be like? And then like the, the bus shows up, people are like, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. The Amish girls just like flashing their tits at Fallout Boy. It's like,
0: what is this? <laughs> Again, I think that was specific to the uncensored because they lingered on that, they cut back to that so many times. And then there's clearly, like, because they purposely did not try to really edit well, you can see them reopening, so it's like, okay, you guys are just reusing the shot, but fuck it, small boobs.
1: (laughs) I did love the opening of the movie to, like, introduce the director's cut, where they're, like, doing an infomercial terribly. (laughs) Explaining, like, more laughs, more tits! And then, like, they showed, like, see? (laughs) see. Poor cock. <laughs> like it was, it was funny.
0: Yeah, I did like at the end when Amanda Crew pops up and she got mixed so again. I'm like, God, she's hot. <laughs> she's like, now that the movie's over, you're probably wanting to see, you know, one of the main characters. It's well, here we go. Three, two, one. And she goes, ah, just kidding. Fuck you guys. <laughs> and like flicks off the camera. I'm like, even I was like, aww. <laughs> Oh boy, what
1: was uh, what was your silver
0: lining? For so me, it was hard because I was having a debate and how to do with performances. Mm-hmm. I was tossing it between James Marston and Seth Green, and why I have picked one, fuck it, both of them. My silver lining is both of those motherfuckers. Seth Green kills it. Has this the most sarcastic Amish person? I I, met. I love the line. Yeah. Thomas don't really—they take themselves
1: pretty seriously. Like even he's like, "Yeah." I loved when he's talking about things he misses, and he's like, "I really miss sarcasm. It's really lost on my people." <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I, I like that
0: one dude when, like, Ian left after his, and he's like, and Seth he's like, "Man, we really need to get that kid laid." He just looks at one guy. Hey, is your sister so slut? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, the Amish.
0: Oh, so you can, he's, he's just, <coughs> oh, sorry. He's great. Like I said, regardless of like, again, and James Barnes is really the one I say, like, if you get offended, just don't watch this damn movie. But goddamn, you can tell he's having the time of his life. Half look. Oh, I was laughing at what came out of his mouth. He's so fucking funny. He commits so hard to this role at a time that, you know he. You tell it in his mind he had to prove himself. You know, I was like, okay, this is what people know me for. So let to do something way out of left field, and this was it. And I love it. I fucking love it.
1: Yeah, I get it. He's 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 hilarious. They both are. Um, yeah, I was. I like this movie. I I think with comedy especially, I mean, you see it in horror a lot, but I feel like in comedy, I almost never trust the critics because, like, you know, what you find funny is completely subjective so yeah. i always try to give those the benefit of the doubt and then watch it for myself i mean if they're like a zero they're probably on the money but middle ground like 45 percent, i'm like yeah it's probably not gonna be too bad
0: yeah it'll be a fun time even uh i know you saw without paddle and i know i think you gave it a six
1: it's five or six yeah
0: i'm a six i i like it a little more than um you did but even then like no it's not one of my favorite coins, but it's even it's fine enough for me that I can watch it and have a good time. You know what I mean? Like I can turn
1: on and be like, Oh, I'll watch this. Their buddy who disappears at the beginning of the movie was Homelander. Is it? I, th- I believe it was like a pre famous, like a pre well-known yep. Anthony, Starr Anthony before. star before, um, let me confirm that. Uh, yep. Anthony Starr. <laughs> oh shit. There's a, um, there was a video, uh,
0: quaid the guy who plays Huey, holy shit jack, jack god damn jack quaid posted we've going like if, for you guys wondering why me and um anthony Starr works so well together on set or can you know create such a believable rivalry this is how we actually are and he's talking he's like hey anthony and he's just gonna go shut the fuck up <laughs> like <laughs> and he's like you want to you want to hang out? And he's like, No, I won't get the fuck away from you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes back to Jack, and he's like, see, we're best friends.
1: <laughs> That's wonderful. Oh, oh, I bet they have so much fun making that show.
0: Oh, they have to. I was like, if they have that kind of like rapport, like they clearly they're they're they have a good time. Uh all right. Well, with that said. It's time to move on to our next segment, which hopefully aligns with how we feel about this film. We'll see. Um, and because as you guys know, I don't look this stuff up. This is all on my co-host. Um, and that is What's in the Box? What's in the
1: fucking box? Give me the gun. It's a pretty uh, interesting mixed bag. There are a lot of people who are like, this was so funny. And then a lot, I saw one guy wrote like a five page essay about how much he hated this. And I decided not to, to bring that in because that's too much to read. But he was like, you know, it was aggressive. Uh, 2.7 out of five on Letterboxd. So, again, pretty middle ground. And uh, I found five pretty short ones that I think uh, will make you laugh. They made me laugh. Uh, number one, this is from Mitch Francis. Rum Springer, four and a half stars. All you need to say. <laughs> uh, this next one is from Fleeting Relevance. This sounds like it comes from a real place. Let me tell y'all something. Ain't nothing in Knoxville worth all this hassle. Two stars. <laughs> Ooh, someone yeah. got hurt in Knoxville. <laughs> we got we got a
0: Knoxville local. <laughs> Oh boy!
1: This one was hilarious, and I also picked it because the guy who posted it is named Ian. Uh and wait—if we read that, in general, I'm just going to say this: but there is
0: no like vagina, dick, whatever you swing for, worth worth on this earth, as far as I I am concerned. Unless you, you better bet this shit, especially for someone who does see episodes of Catfish for fun, um, that's worth traveling across the country for. You look. If you want to make that decision, you better fucking vet like crazy.
1: Yeah. You do a Zoom call first. You see the person. You know they exist. Then you go find them. That's don't ever do a, a cross country drive like that on faith alone. Are you fucking crazy?
0: Yes. Especially like, look, not to be like a, I sound like a dude right now, but like, if you're doing it to get laid and you travel that much and don't get laid, is it worth it?
1: With today's gas prices, absolutely fucking not. Even with the original gas prices, still not. Still not. The original gas prices. Odd way of putting that. I'd imagine like the fucking Model T paying half a penny a gallon. Pre-pandemic
0: gas prices.
1: Fair enough. Actually, I'm sorry. Pre-Ukraine
0: war gas prices. That's really when the shit skyrocketed. For those are trying to pull the, oh, look, under Biden's, nope it's because of the shit going on in Russia, Ukraine. That, that's what happened, people,
1: not because of Biden. The roaring 20s are back, folks. This made me laugh. This is right, I still haven't seen Parasite, but I watched this. One star. <laughs> I don't see the connection at all, but.
0: Two different movies, two different. I love side People do that a lot, I've noticed. They'll do that shit, especially with Austin. Oscar films would be like, Yeah, I haven't seen this Oscar film, but of course I've seen this. Not, I'm like, Okay, and your point? <laughs> yeah, What's I, I feel a- I am, it's like,
1: yeah, yeah, it's
0: like, okay, you didn't watch the foreign, you know, blend of genre movie, which by the way, Parasite, wonderful film, great film. I'm not going, I'm this is, I'm not downing Parasite, but okay, you didn't watch that. You watched the teen sex comedy, and you're clearly someone that doesn't like to have fun. Based off that statement and your score, sir. So fuck
1: you. Yeah. Fuck you, Ian. This one's from Riley Rose, citizen Kane of our generation. Five stars. My God. Okay, oh, like we just have two different extremes there. This movie's dog shit. This movie is manna from heaven. There's those are the two camps. Pick one and live there. <laughs> Subjective. And, yeah. And this last one is from Drink of Water. What a strange, stupid time 2008 was. One and a half star. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. Early 2000s. uh, I'm starting to realize we're a lawless wasteland.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. So that is all that's in the box. Pretty much everyone's like, I either love this or hate this. There's not a lot of. Yeah, that's usually the the uh, what, what we got going on there.
0: Well. I can speak on at least half of the film guessing team. We love it.
1: Yeah, I I enjoyed this.
0: <laughs> or whatever you split it five ways, because there's also Josh. However, you split it. Two members of the film guessing team love it. There.
1: We love you, Josh.
0: Love you. It's been gone a long time. <laughs> but uh all right, on that note. Time to do a little house cleaning for fire reveal when on on uh, next week's docket. Uh, so, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Film Guys and Productions. If you want to shoot us a recommendation, you can feel free to email us at filmgasm.gmail.com. Um, hint. there's a certain opening in the schedule now because of a certain film game delayed. So, you know, if you have recommendations, I'll take some. Uh, if you'd like to donate and support us in that way, you can find us on Anchor uh and finally feel free to get on our site filmgasm.com for reviews trailers articles and all of our episodes now next week we'll be looking at the film adaptation of michael Crichton's novel and not the one you're thinking of because this is beyond the bad the other one that's not the andromeda Strain, congo congo <laughs> <laughs> a a film i've been meaning to watch which is why i put it on here and i didn't realize it had a terrible great fucking box office i saw i was like jesus christ people saw this shit in droves but critics hated it um so i'm looking forward to
1: giving it a shot yeah this is the crichton movie that came out between jurassic park and the lost world so of course everyone was like "Ooh, let's check this out but uh hasn't not aged well I personally am a bit of a fan. I don't think it's great, but I do like it. It's got some of my favorite actors in it. Tim Curry, Bruce Campbell. It's a it's a fun movie. Uh, yeah, so I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I going to be a blast.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard about this one for a long time and I was like, fuck it, I'll put it on. I try to put stuff on that I haven't seen, um, which might bite us in the ass on one film that I, I forgot it is coming up. That's not my type of film that we talked about earlier, but I was like, fuck it, I got to get out of my comfort zone. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that film. I'll tell you after. Uh, camera really inspires here for the, the folks at home. Um, on filmgasm, we are still doing the gauntlet and we are looking at what I would say. And I understand how we came out before, but I would argue before this lawsuit destroyed it the king of slasher films, the backbone of the 80s slasher decade of film because. Michael honestly just opened the door for Jason to fucking run as Friday the 13th. Just because you don't like it. Just because you don't get it. But Friday 13th, it's the king of slashers. Don't break your arm jerking off Jason over there. I'm just saying it's the king of slashers. It was the backbone. The only thing that killed it was the lawsuit. Like the lawsuit took down the king. (laughs) The The lawsuit looked the king square in the face. And uh, shot him.
1: And I think a, someone can revive. I think a triple trip to Manhattan, hell, and space killed Jason before anyone else could, frankly. Nope,
0: <laughs> nope, nope. Lawsuit. People, they were trying to get one made for that lawsuit. So you we'll, shut your mouth. We'll talk all about that on Wednesday. I can't wait. It's going to be great. So yes. The the, 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 the king, the, the, definitely the, the backbone of the Hades, because dear God, there was one every year, and I love it uh on oscar sunday they'll be looking at the japanese right yes i was like you know i realized when i typed it i i was like oh shit i not actually look up to clarify and make sure i don't fuck this up so japanese trauma woman in the dunes until then maybe think twice before traveling the country where your friends to lose your virginity to someone you met online it may not be they say they are See you next week on Beyond the Bed.